In today's show, we're talking Golden State Warriors with Cyrus, the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast. We've got lots to talk about, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. We're here to talk Golden State Warriors. There's a lot of intrigue around them, of course. Full season of Clay Thompson. What the hell happens with James Wiseman? We're going to break all of that down. Coming up right now, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so for the first time on the show, we're talking Golden State Warriors with the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast. Cyrus Satsas is here with me. Cyrus, welcome to the show. Thanks, Josh, for having me. Uh, I- I'm oh, sorry, I got confused there. It's seeing all the graphics. Great to be with you. I've never met an Aussie that I did not like. So um, anytime an Aussie asks me to do something, I say yes. So well, it's a pleasure to be on your show, sir. We'll see if we can change that by the end of this show, Cyrus. <laughs> see if I can be the exception to the rule. But we're here to talk Golden State Warriors. Of course, everyone knows that they won the NBA title last season. But they didn't, um, I was going to say they didn't stand pat in the offseason. Some of that wasn't their choice. They had a, a lot of transition on their roster. So I'm just going to go through, as I do with all these shows, start off by looking at what happened with the roster. Coming in, Dante DiVincenzo, Jermichael Green, Ryan Rollins in the second round, Trevion Williams, an undrafted free agent, Patrick Baldwin in the first round, Lester Quinones, and Mac McClung. And yeah, they lost some important players. Otto Porter, Gary Payton, Andre Iguodala's remains unsigned. Who knows if he's back or not. Nemanja Bielica, Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson. A lot of rotation players there, Cyrus. Um, out of the guys that are missing, Porter, Payton, Iguodala, Bielica, Lee, Toscano Anderson, who do you think is the most important loss for the Warriors? Oh, easily Gary Payton second. It's not, it's not even up for debate, in my opinion. He's This was a player who made a profound difference. I still don't know if they win the world championship without him. Uh, you know, his impact defensively was second to none. But it wasn't just defense. Offensively, he very underrated as a player. His corner three was solid, incredibly athletic. Despite being 6'3", he played like a big, where he, yeah. was, he was catching lobs and throwing it down. Um, getting re- offensive rebounds and putting those back, always being in the right place at the right time. This way Stephen Curry described it. Um, so uh, Otto Porter Jr. will be missed severely as well. Bielitsa was grossly underrated. Uh, his defense on Jason Tatum in the NBA Finals was just incredible and outstanding. Um, but Gary Payne II is the one that's going to be lost, I think, the most, just because you don't replace a player, of his, a defensive savant like him. Um, the, the, the amount of trouble he gave in the playoffs, a guy like John Morant, uh, even to Jokic, um, uh, you know, he didn't play in the Mavericks series, so uh, Luka didn't get a chance to really experience his defense. But Gary Payne II is a player that the Trailblazers are going to love, and the Warriors, I hope, uh, will not suffer losing him. So they try and replace him with, I guess, Dante DiVincenzo comes in there, but they're also hoping that 
Moses Moody can step into a larger role to help replace Peyton and Damian Lee, and they hope that Jonathan Kaminga can step into a role to replace Porter and Iguodala and Bielitsa and Toscano Anderson. So lots of heap on these guys who played sort of roles last season, but not really huge um, mm-hmm. not, not really huge roles on the team. They were sort of in and out of, of lineups at times. So there is a lot of um, a lot of expectation on those guys to be able to step up and fill in for not only one player, but multiple players. Yeah, it's and it is weird because Jonathan Kaminga and, and Moody, it's so easy to forget that this is just going to be their second year. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga was reportedly seen in Vancouver, Canada a couple days ago where you can drink if you're 19. Um, it's a legal drinking age to start with. So the point is, these are two very young individuals, but Moses Moody, I think, is the is the person that is going to be looked at to replace Gary Payne II more so. He's more NBA ready than Jonathan Kaminga is, not by much, but he is. Like I think you're going to see heavy minutes for those two players. Um, and honestly, it's weird. I, until they signed Jermichael Green, I thought this was a, a colossal loss in terms of an offseason for the Warriors. I mean, losing Gary Payne II, losing... Otto Porter Jr., those are huge bench players for him that they lost. And the Warriors are not a top-heavy team. Uh, when you hear the adage, strength in numbers, it rings true because they rely on their depth, they rely on their bench. Um, and it is weird that this upcoming season, uh, th- you know, they're they're going to try to defend a world championship with two 20-year-olds playing pivotal bench roles for him in Kaminga and Moody. But the bright side as i see you petting your that cat looks amazing by the way it's a, oh, that's a dog. tuxedo cat no, that's a dog that's awesome anyways uh but yeah it's a, oh that's a dog yeah. oh, i'm sorry man I, I sincerely apologize i can so, always see his back i'm a dog goes. person i love it there he goes. Uh, there you go. but but the, his name's higgins no his name's it's hi buddy you, you say hi you can't see him obi but what's that's his fine. name or his, her name his name's obi hi obi how you doing bud yeah like obi-wan a, kenobi exactly yep <laughs> oh my god i love it I, i'm a huge dog person i lost my dog some months ago and it broke my heart it still does but anyway so uh the bright side to kaminga and moody is that and and losing gary payton the second and Otto porter jr is that a lot of people in dub nation and i think also in the coaching staff and within the organization as well at an executive level wanted to see more minutes for these two uh because the potential is limitless right now for for both these individuals i mean the warriors the timing of them having these two horrible years in this stretch of the dynasty and for them to end up landing two lottery picks and what could be the deepest draft in the history of the NBA was just so fortunate for them. I mean, because again, these are two guys that we're now going to be seeing 25 minutes a night and these two could end up being all-star possible superstar caliber level players. So um, on one hand, there's a little anxiety because it is uncertain. They're unproven. Uh, James Wiseman is also another player in terms of comings and goings. I would actually put him in the in category just because he did not play a single minute last year, and and they're going to be seeing a lot of him as well. Uh, but I'm excited to see these these youngsters play, and we're going to be seeing them play a lot. Uh, but they did also add some fantastic veterans in Dante DiVincenzo, and I think more importantly, Jermichael Green. Um, you're going to see a lot of minutes from those two, and they're going to be expected to carry the load lost uh, by those other two players. That brings me into talking about Wiseman because you said like he didn't play a minute last season, but we we assume that he's fine now. He played in summer league. I wasn't. I've never been overly impressed with what I've seen from Wiseman on court. Like I know he's fast. I know he's athletic. I know he can jump, but he just feels lost to me. And offensively and defensively, he doesn't feel like he's in the right spot. And some of that is just 
he just hasn't played for three years, really. He didn't play in college, barely played as a rookie, didn't play last season. So, yeah, that, that's going to be part of it. So, you talk about Jermichael Green. I, I think Jermichael Green might be cooked. I, I was really disappointed in how he played last season. Maybe he recovers mm. some form. He was he was pretty bad last year. Um, but otherwise, they're going to have to rely upon Wiseman to play a relatively decent role. Uh, I was going to talk about this a little bit later on, but we'll, we'll do it now. Do you think that there is... Okay. Do you think the Warriors have got hope or belief that at some point this season they will be starting James Wiseman? Um, I, Kevon Looney is right now this, this, the penciled-in starter. Uh, Steve Kerr said as such. Um, they paid him a lot more money than they wanted to pay him, even though I still think he's, he's very underpaid uh, as a starting caliber center in the NBA. Um, so I think Looney will be the starter. I think Wiseman is going to be playing uh, a lot of bench minutes, working his way uh, into more playing time. Um, I do want to give a little pushback with Jermichael Green just because um, he said in an interview recently that the reason why his three-point shooting numbers went down last year was he was fighting a like a wrist or hand injury the entire season um, that was kept under wraps. And he also was playing on a Nuggets team that had very little outside shooting. So, so defenses had the opportunity to really focus on a player like Green, who typically until last year had really solid three-point shooting numbers. Um, and that's really the only variable that showed a, a regression was his three-point shooting. It, it went down. Um, the anticipation is that will go back up, largely because, A, the expectations are his hand, whatever this injury was he was dealing with is better. And B, and I think much more importantly, he's going to be seeing the type uh, – he's going to be seeing spacing that he's – no player has really experienced if you haven't played on the Warriors before. I mean, that is the beauty of playing on a team like the Warriors is when you're on that court and you have Stephen Curry – you have Clay Thompson. Uh, you know you have uh, Andrew Wiggins, who has, has seen this. Uh, finally, this this he's arisen as a super as a borderline superstar player. Um, you're gonna get a lot of opportunities to have open looks, and Jermichael Green is gonna be just seeing wide open pastures in front of him. Oftentimes, when he's passed the ball uh, and shooting threes, because defenses are so focused on Steph and Clay. And other players that may come off the bench. Moses Moody's turned into an outstanding three-point shooter. Jordan Poole, who plays a lot of heavy minutes, a fantastic three-point shooter. Um, so I think Jermichael Green is is due for a big year for them. In terms of J James Wiseman, um, I, I it's it's one of those things where I've talked to a lot of former players. I've talked to a lot of former uh, coaches, um, executives. And I've yet to hear one person who has formally played the game, uh, who, who has been involved in the game, um, say anything bad about it. Like, they, like, they, like every single person I've talked to, these are Hall of Famers, former players, you name it. These are people who know this game as well as anyone. And they rave about Wiseman's skill set. This ranges from his three-point shooting. He does have an, ex an excellent uh, shooting stroke. It ranges from his size and athleticism, obviously. He takes these massive strides when he's running down the court and covers the court kind of like Giannis does when it's, when it's a full court press. Um, he's a freak of nature athletically. The only thing that he hasn't had going for him yet is health. He's missed of the two years in the NBA that he's played. He's missed a year and a half, including all of last season. Um, his rookie year when he played, he didn't put up horrible numbers. Again, he was very young. He, he was 19 years old. And in his rookie campaign, he put up close to 12 points a game and close to six rebounds a game in a little over 20 minutes. So those aren't bad numbers for an NBA rookie uh, who I think only started 27 games uh, for the Warriors that year. Um, and even though the plus minus for him was was awful, uh, it that turned started to turn around 
until right before he got hurt. So in terms of measurables, James Wisen was showing progress and showing glimpses of what he could become as a player before that unfortunate uh, a knee meniscus injury that kept him out again for a year and a half. Um, they're not counting on him to start, but he will be coming off the bench, and he's likely going to be taking that Nemanja Bielitsa role as the backup center, uh, spelling Kevon Looney. And I'm very curious to see what he does. I'm curious as well. Like I'm not writing him off. I just haven't. I just some of the positioning stuff. We know that Draymond had some big issues with him early in his rookie yeah. season in terms of like just mate, get, either get the right spot or get out of the way. And yeah, that didn't really. It maybe it improved a little bit, but again, we just haven't seen him. Like it's been 30 games that he's played Correct. or 35 games. So Correct. like who knows? But um, yeah. I'm, I'm, the athleticism is is absolutely underbated. You cannot make any qualms about that. Like he's unbelievable, but. Yeah, can you get in the right spot? Can you make the right decisions? That's that's the challenge for a lot of these guys, and it is here for Wiseman as well. But it's not a challenge to know what the number one spot is for odds, lines, and props. It's of course, at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find your, all your favorite sports and events at betonline.net, Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even Golf Cyrus. You are there um, in the Bay Area. You a 49ers fan? I am, yeah. I, 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 that was actually I rooted for them more than the Warriors growing up, and I'm very curious to see what Trey Lance has to offer this year. Why? What's what's Bet Online proposing that we can bet on? Well, we've got the 49ers preseason game against the Vikings this weekend. Um, they are four and a half point underdogs. I'm sure we'll see some Trey Lance. He was pretty good in game one, I thought. So we'll see what happens there. He we'll was. see. We'll see how Kyle Shanahan runs the running back rotation because you know me. I'm a big, big football man, knowing about all these players and Trey Sermon and all these guys. But we can check whatever we want out at BetOnline. All of these odds, all of these props, everything is there. It's your top online resource for sports wagering information, live in-game betting scores, and podcasts. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that is happening today. BetOnline, of course, is where the game starts. Cyrus, this is the easiest starting lineup in the NBA. It is, of course, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. No one's debating uh-huh. it. No one's saying anything about it. I don't think there's any point even really going on too much about it, but we've got to, for completion's sake, that is your projected starting line. But the bench rotation, yeah. you think they're going to run pretty deep here with this group. Most teams are a nine to 10 man rotation. You think you're going to see a lot of sort of 11 man nights with DiVincenzo. 13. Pool, 13. I think we're going to see, thir- I think it's going to be 13. Um, wow. Okay. Obviously Dante DiVincenzo. Jordan Poole is their six man. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no debating that. All right. So let, um, let's talk pool for a second. Do you think your six okay. man means 25 or it means 31 minutes oh easily 30 yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I mean so. Jordan Poole there, you're, what you're going to be seeing a lot with the Warriors this year is um, especially with back-to-backs uh, there's going to be a lot of staggering in terms of the team not playing their veterans in back-to-back games um, and it's they unlikely have you're be well. seeing... they, have, they have the most back-to-backs in the NBA I saw that which is weird so you're not going to be seeing Stephen Curry playing in those back-to-backs much i don't think uh, clay thompson did not play in any back-to-backs last year i don't know if they're gonna uh, ease that this season or not um dream on green i don't expect to play in much back-to-back games um even wiggins might be questionable because i think they want to save a lot of these guys for the postseason but the warriors have always gone deep into their bench um there's nothing new here even in the in the playoffs they were they were going 10 deep sometimes whereas you you rarely see that in postseason action but the warriors have have this has been their staple in terms of success is having a deep bench with the exception of the Kevin Durant years. They kind of ran thin there because they didn't, they didn't need it. Um, so when you look at the bench here, these five or six, I'm sorry, they're going to be playing significant minutes. Um, Jordan Poole, again, like you mentioned, he'll be playing 30 plus minutes and he's going to be motivated because at the end of the season, he could be a restricted free agent. He wants a max deal. Um, and so the Warriors are counting on him, keeping that in mind uh, and playing, 
with an extra level of motivation to earn that max contract. Uh, so Jordan Poole is going to be playing 30-plus minutes a game. Dante DiVincenzo, if he's healthy, will likely be playing 25 minutes a game. He's And they're counting on him to spell a lot of those Gary Payne, uh, the second minutes. And then, But then Moses Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman um, are really the, the intriguing parts here because these are three very young players who have so much potential and there's no doubting their athleticism. Like they belong in this game in terms of what they can do. The question now is whether or not they can put it all together. Moses Moody's a fantastic outside shooter. Jonathan Kaminga's athleticism. I mean, when you see his dunks, it's mind blowing how high he gets up and how easy he slams those balls home. And then James Wiseman's an athletic freak. Jermichael Green is, is the veteran who I think is going to be spelling Draymond Green a lot. Uh, and giving him a reprieve, uh, especially in back-to-back -back nights or, or on nights, whether it's a blowout or uh, it's a secondary opponent. But two names that are not on that list that you're going to be seeing some minutes from as well. One is Quindary Weatherspoon, who is currently on a two-way deal. Um, he's really stepped up and shown that he can play um, fantastic minutes defensively. Um, he actually has has there's attributions uh, connected to him where he says he wants to take that Gary Payne the second role and be that defensive lockdown player for him. Um, and then Ryan Rollins is another player that you're probably going to see a lot of minutes as well. Um, the Warriors spent $2 million to move up seven places in the, the second round of the draft to acquire Rollins. Um, they see great things coming out of this kid. Um, he's likely, uh, he's, he's, a, he's played two years in college, so that extra year translates to the Warriors as additional maturity, so he can kind of step in and start playing uh, more right away. Um, and, and so I would expect those two to be alongside this rotation. And then the, the Andre Iguodala uh, yeah. mystery. I mean, the, the team is apparently just sitting back waiting for him to decide if he wants to retire or not. There's apparently no rush. I don't know what Iguodala is waiting for to make that, that announcement. And I don't know what the Warriors contingency plan is if Iguodala does retire. Um, I think a lot of people want him to, to retire just because his body was breaking down. Um, he really couldn't play much anymore. I don't really see what the point is of him coming back another season, but he might. And so that's a question mark as well, because if he does come back, he will play. It won't be much. He'll probably be like 10, 15 minutes a night, but he's, he can still play. Uh, it's just whether, uh, whether or not his body will hold up. So realistically, the only player on the Warriors roster that you probably won't see a lot of minutes from um, is Patrick Baldwin Jr., just because he's so raw and he only played 11 games in college last year. He was injured most of the time. Um, I think you're going to see him play a lot of G League minutes for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Uh, but everyone else, I mean, they could easily have a 14-man bench that is utilized consistently this year. Yeah, they can go deep with these guys. They actually have 15 men on the roster at the moment. So if Iguodala does return, one of Trevion Williams or Mac McClung probably would end up getting but they're not, getting but, waived. But just to correct you, Josh, those two are those two are just training camp invitees. That's true. Um, yep. They don't they they don't have guaranteed contracts. And then on top of that, um, Quindary Weatherspoon is on a two way deal. Uh, even though he wanted a guaranteed contract, the Warriors held off on that. They might give it to him at some point this year because. If you're on a two-way deal, you can't play in the postseason. Um, so the Warriors, in terms of guaranteed slots, I think only have actually 12 uh, players locked down. It's either 12 or 13 because McClung uh, is... Yeah, is a, 13. Yeah, 13 guaranteed. Yeah, so McClung is still the the, the one. We, we don't know what we're going to see from him. Um, the, the center from Purdue, I forgot his name. Yeah, uh, Williams. Like, Tri Trivion Williams. Yeah, Williams. Like, so in all likelihood, they might actually end up playing uh, playing significant minutes for, for Santa Cruz this year because... Um, uh, Lester Quinones got the other two-way deal, 
so he's right now slotted to be in uh, alongside Quindary Weatherspoon as that the, the two two-way guys. Um, so yeah, so 13 is the number right now. If Iguodala decides he wants to play, he'll be 14, and then that'll be it. The Warriors will not be uh, uh, paying 15 players this year just because of how deep into the luxury tax penalty they are. So that Iguodala roster spot's the final one, and and if he decides to play. He'll be the 14th. If he decides to retire, I don't know what they're going to do. I know Carmelo Anthony's out there. There's still a few veterans out there that the Warriors could add. I don't know if that's what they want to do, though. That's still still a mystery. Do you think that Kaminga and Moody are ready for these yes. roles? Uh, yes. Who do, you think is, who do you think is more ready then? More, more to the point. Uh, Moody, by oh, long shot. I Moses agree. Moody is an NBA-ready player right now. I think, and, and I think he is a huge reason why the Warriors did not... Uh, match the Trailblazers and pay Gary Payne the second. They see great things coming from this kid. Um, you know, his pedigree is fantastic. His his skill set's fantastic. Um, he's shown enough where he can actually play even good defense. Kaminga is still a little more raw, uh, but Kaminga is, I mean, Kaminga is one of these guys that like, I, I wouldn't, the only two players I would trade him for, even now, even still, would be Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that's it. Um, be, simply because he has Hall of Fame potential. Um, who knows what it's going to be? He might not be a Hall of Famer. I don't know. But his his athleticism, his skill set, he knows the game. His instincts are second to none. So if Kaminga plays up to his potential, uh, <laughs> the league better watch out, man. This Warriors team is not is not being defeated this year. Interesting. I actually I think Moody's actually the better prospect person. I just think that Kaminga, much like Wiseman, has some. Um, I think he has some recognition issues at times. And we saw Kerr like would start him at times ago. I, I can't with this guy. Like he's just got to go back to the bench because he's screwing things up too often. And that happens when you're 18 and 19. And I know that, but I feel like again, Moody has shown a very easy willingness to just fit and do, do what he needs to do and do it at a high level. Kaminga's got, you're right, that sky high potential, but I'd say the percentage chance of him hitting it is much lower than Moody hitting his potential, which might be somewhat lower. Um, anyway. Interesting. I do want to add, though, too, Kaminga did start three playoff games uh, for the Warriors this year. The, the team does have a lot of confidence in him. It's just his outside shot is not at Moody's level right now. Um, he's already becoming a fantastic ball handler. In, in Summer League, actually, they played him at the point guard position because they want him to become more accustomed with bringing the ball up, with handling the ball, being in those pressure situations. Um, you're right. I, I agree with you right now that Moody's a better player, but in terms of potential, uh, Moody could be an all-star. I mean, he could yeah. also reach those levels, but Kaminga's athleticism is so freakish that, and, and he has an understanding of the game in terms of, uh, recognition for, for where to be on the court, you know, being in the right time or the right place kind of thing. Um, you know, he attacks the rim as well as anyone. He already has a post game developed which you don't see from a lot of 19-year-olds or younger players in this game. Um, but I, I do agree with you that Moody right now is ready to go. But in terms of like the potential, um, Kaminga could be something else, man. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what he does this year. That's for sure. We talked about this already, but resting is going to be the plan for this team. They played well into June in the NBA Finals. These their key players are old, like you know Steph is thirty four and Draymond's thirty two and Clay's thirty two, off you know, catastrophic injuries. Even Wiggins is not old, but he's twenty seven. So he's not mm -hmm. he's not super young, and they've got just an absolute bevy of, of younger guys that can come in and fill in here and there. There and with the most back to backs in the league, that does impact players um, playing fantasy basketball because if I don't think. I, I don't think that Steph is going to miss every back-to-back, -back, nor is Draymond, and maybe not even Clay. But I would expect out of those 15 back-to-back, -back, Cyrus, that they miss maybe 10 of them. I th I mean, it, dep it just depends. Like last year, yeah, Steph true. played in the back-to-backs. 
Um, but at the same time, last year, you know, yeah, you, you might be right. I, I what I envision likely happening though is with those back to backs is you're going to have. So let's say you have a back to back. You'll have Steph and maybe Jordan Poole playing together in the backcourt for one yep. game. Then in the next game, you might have Poole and Clay Thompson playing together. I think, and then Curry will rest. They have enough depth where they can stagger these rotations and 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 not have to play them on back-to-back nights even Draymond Green um the reason why I don't know if they'll play him in back-to-backs is just because the, the Jermichael Green edition was huge um they're gonna probably play him at times as a stretch five that's how small they like to run it which is weird I'm not a big fan of that but look it works I mean they're they've won four titles in eight years running this system mostly um so and then and then Kevon Looney is is still vastly underrated we haven't even talked about him yet um, I don't know if they win a world championship without him either. I mean, he's he's grown as a player and as a big, and he's only I think twenty six. Yeah, I mean, he's, so he's super young, young as well. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, he, yeah, he feels like he's been there for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, Kerr has not alluded to that. I, that's something I'm going to ask him at some point during the during uh, this preseason is what his plans are for those back to backs and whether or not Curry will be playing in some of those. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see that as well. I personally wouldn't. I just don't see what the point is. Um, so when it comes to fantasy, you're right. That is something to consider. Uh, but I, here, okay. I will say this. If you're a, if you are a fantasy basketball player, if there is one player, I would be very excited about for the warriors is clay Thompson because clay Thompson. Yes. He had those two catastrophic injuries last year, but he still put up in the regular season, nearly 20 points a game. He averaged over 20 points a game in the postseason. And what I saw in the NBA finals was Clay Thompson finally getting his feet under him defensively and being that lockdown defender that we were accustomed to seeing before those two horrible injuries. Clay Thompson next year is a man who's motivated, is a man who's out to prove a lot of people wrong, is a player who some of the game's all-time greats from Kobe Bryant to Michael Jordan have alluded to him as being a stone-cold killer. Um, he has that mentality. You don't see it often. Uh, him and Steph are masterful at hiding it at masking these personalities, but you have to have that to be the the, the level of champions that they are. Um, so I see Clay Thompson being someone who's putting up 24, 25 points a game this year. I really do. Uh, I, I think Clay Thompson is going to have a, a breakout year, one of his best seasons uh, statistically, just because even though he had those two horrible injuries, he's over it. He beat it. He proved that he's over it. Um, and, and the one bright side with dealing with those injuries is those were three years almost of no wear and tear on a basketball court. So he's going to be relatively fresh compared to some of his teammates um, playing this year. And, and he's got the green light to put up heavy, uh, heavy minutes. So you're probably going to be seeing 37, 38 minutes from him a night. Um, and I think he's going to light it up, man. I really do. Cause Clay Thompson was on the verge of, of reaching another level before that injury. And I, I started to see that in the postseason that he's coming back to that form. And so if you're a fantasy player, I would look for Clay Thompson. If he's on a bargain, grab him. Who do you think is a breakout candidate on this team? I reckon we've probably talked about these guys enough, but you know, who do you think is the guy that's going to take that big step forward? Could be James Wiseman. Um, it could be. It really could be because he is a large human being. And when you have this amount of talent on the Warriors, I mean, he's going to be out there oftentimes with players like Jordan Poole, Stephen Curry, Andrew Wiggins. Moses Moody has turned to a fantastic shooter. Um, and he's going to have a lot of spacing out there. You can't, what, one of the things that makes the Warriors so lethal is you can't double team players. And if you're going to double team someone, 
it's going to be Steph. And that always opens things up for other players. So when you have a player like James Wiseman, who's seven feet tall, weighs about 280, and he's got a skill set of, of a swing. I mean, people have compared him at times um, in terms of potential to being more like a Kevin Durant because he can actually shoot the three. Uh, he has a lot of moves offensively, both in the post and as a ball handler. Um, and he, he could. There's, there's a tremendous potential for him having a breakout year. Um, but more likely, I'm going to go with Moses Moody. I think Moses Moody could have a season where he's putting up 15-plus points a game. Um, I sense consistency from him. He seems like someone who night in, night out is going to give it his all. And he's not someone who you're going to have off nights from him. And I think in fantasy, that's a huge thing as well. So I'm going to go Moses Moody 1, James Wiseman 2. Yeah, sorry, you're, you're a really positive guy. You're big into talking about the Warriors, but I'm going to ask you for something negative. Who is a regre- who's a regression candidate for this team? Draymond. Draymond Green. I won't even hesitate saying that just because for the first time uh, in his career, he missed significant time because of injury. Uh, and for the first time in his career, he was mentally rattled. This is someone who is widely considered to be the, the, the toughest player mentally in the NBA but in two or, th- or maybe even three games of the NBA Finals, he was rattled. He was not an effective player. Um, you never count on him statistically, right? So I- I'm guessing Draymond Green is not someone from the fantasy level who is very uh, attractive because he doesn't give you big numbers. He's Mr. Intangible. He's Mr. You know, leader. Um, but we even saw flaws, and, he was, and he's Mr. Durability until this last year. And we started to see some chinks in that armor a little bit. So... Um, I think Draymond Green is is someone who I, I, I fear we might see a regression from, um, and I hope that's not the case. But if, if you ask me to name one player, it's going to be him. Do you think the team is better than last season? No. 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 Uh, not right now. Um, it, it That could change. Again, I just – when you, you they lost Gary Payne the second. Otto Porter Jr. was so underrated. I mean, he was starting NBA Finals games for him. Uh, Nemanja Bjelica was fantastic. I mean, he had a, a, a poor three-month run there from January through March, um, which I think is largely because of a back injury he suffered. Um, you know, it's it's going to be hard to overcome losing those three guys. So it depends. If Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman play up to their potential, they're going to be better. Um, but that's a huge what if. And more more than likely, I mean, these are second year and a third year player. Um, so you know if. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I, I'm going to say not as good, but at the same time, they could be they could be better. You know, that that's a tough one to predict right now. Yeah, I would I would say you have to go in thinking they're going to be worse than last season, just losing some of that. But you're right, there is the potential for that to be better if those three yeah. guys, in particular, Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman, do take that step up. Who's the most likely player on this roster to be traded? I think it's a pretty tough question. To be traded, uh, Wiggins and Poole. Um, just because, you know, their names were were loosely linked to Kevin Durant. Um, and the reason why I mentioned those two players is because Wiggins is going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. Uh, Jordan Poole um, is due for an extension after this year and could be a restricted free agent. So um, if anyone's going to be traded, I would say those two. And then James Wiseman's the third one. Um, I just the only reason why I don't I don't say Wiseman is at, at the top of the list is because I don't think his trade value is that high. And, and I don't know if the Warriors just want to give him up uh, for whatever he would get back right now. Um, the, the reason why I mentioned Wiseman as well is because he was a number two pick in the draft, and with that comes a lot of money. Um, so this year, I think he's, he's going to be making $9 million. Next year, he's eligible for twelve, um, And that's a lot of money when you consider that all the tax penalties the Warriors are accruing. 
um, to pay someone who really is not doing much. Now, granted, if he lights it up this year, it's a different story. But um, I would say those three in that order are are the most susceptible. All right, so let's get to some the fun bit now to end this show. We're going to ask some quiz questions. There is a website, yeah. Cyrus. I don't know if you're aware of this website called Basketball Index. They have a bunch of different um, metrics and grades that they put on players. So there's three things I'm asking all the hosts. So three-point shooting okay. talent, finishing talent, and playmaking talent. Now, it's not who has the highest three-point percentage. It's based on difficulty of shots, self-created pull-up shots versus catch-and-shoot corner shots, which we know there's a, d- a difficulty there. Now, I don't expect this is going to be sp- particularly difficult for the Warriors, but we're talking about you know, playmaking. It's not who gets the most assists. It's you know, who's drawing the most attention, who's opening things up for their teammates, who's putting their teammates in good positions, who's throwing different types of passes to high-value areas. And finishing is not about you know, who is just getting putbacks and offensive rebounds for dunks. It's about you know, getting to the rim and fighting through traffic and finishing through contact and drawing free throws at the rim. So all of those sort of right. things. Um, and I want to see how these talent grades me- measure up with the people who watch the team in terms of how they view- would view this. Now, again, I don't think this one is particularly difficult for the Warriors, but who do you think, I- I- shock me with this answer, who do you think is the best three-point shooting talent on this Warriors team? Uh, this is such a tough one. <laughs> Let me think here. Um, I'm going to guess it's the the, the the former two-time MVP who was one-time unanimous MVP, reigning NBA Finals MVP. I'm going to say Stephen Curry. Yeah, you're right, because he's yeah, the best three-point shooting talent of all time. So, yeah, yeah, he was he is definitely it. All right, this one maybe is a little bit challenging, but maybe not. It is. What about playmaking talent? Who do you think here? Yeah, there's probably only really two answers in this group, but who do you think uh, well, graded out the highest? It's, I'm debating between Steph and Draymond, just yep. because Draymond Green does have a lot of assists. He gets rebounds. Uh I'm still going to say Steph and Curry though, but I could, it might be Draymond. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to say Steph. It is. Yes. It is Steph. All right. Let's, let's go for the clean sweep here. Now, this is an interesting one. Finishing talent. Again, it's about getting to the rim drives, finishing through contact, not just simple putback stuff. Like who is the most adept driver and finisher at finishing at the rim through those difficult situations on this team graded out from last season. I'm going to say Andrew Wiggins, just because Stephen Curry does not get free throws Neither does Clay. Uh, Clay doesn't attack the rim all that much. Ever. I mean, he does, but not no, that often. So I'm going to go Andrew Wiggins. It's not Wiggins. It is a player that you've referenced plenty of times for his elite athleticism. John Kaminga. Great, oh, all right. Graded out as Look the highest you, highest finish, which is that surprise. I didn't surprise because when I think back, you know I go, why oh, that, that is, makes sense. I'm guessing, but I'm guessing the reason why that is is because he has a really high field goal percentage. And like I said, he's developed his post game. So when he attacks the rim, he's incredibly efficient. I just didn't think he had enough sh- uh, f- uh, field goal attempts to qualify for that. That's yeah, why I wasn't I was really su- thinking I was surprised. Much. I was surprised that he was there. Yeah. But again, when you think about it, like he does so much of his damage at the rim and on drives and has speed and athleticism, yep. that sort of stuff. Last question. Which, yeah. which player has Steph Curry faced the most regular season and playoffs combined in his career? Who, which opponent has he played against the most? That's a that's a great question um, because it's either going to be James Harden, uh, Damian Lillard, or LeBron James. I would guess it's one of those three. Um, it, it is one of those three. Okay, so and then now I got to think back. So I guess he played LeBron in the finals four times. He played uh, uh, Dame. I'm going to go LeBron because I think he played against him four times. In the fu- in the fu- no 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 hold on don't say that yet don't say it yet because it was actually three it was not four times yeah it was four times LeBron James I'm gonna go LeBron James it was not LeBron James oh who was it it was James Harden 
73 games against. You know um, why? Okay, I, you know, ah, I messed that up. Well, they did play in the playoffs a lot, but some of those yeah. series also stretched out. Seven games, yeah. To, yeah, it's a seven game. Yeah, so maybe that's why. But the seventy three is a lot, though. And Harden's Harden's been in the Western Conference for most of his career as well. Yeah. Whereas LeBron was in the East, so you'd get three or four Warriors Rockets games for all that time. Plus, yep. they played. He has played against LeBron the most in the playoffs. Twenty three games against LeBron in the playoffs, and just twenty against Harden. But it's like fifty three regular season games versus forty two uh, against LeBron. The second on that list was actually Chris Paul. Interestingly enough, he had um, seventy one. 71 games against Chris Paul uh, over his career, that, which didn't really expect either. And that's a huge reason why I always am critical of Chris Paul. And and when people think that Chris Paul is going to dominate in the postseason, look at Chris Paul's numbers in the postseason. Next time you think he's going to actually do anything. And then look at his head-to-head against Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry owns that man. And, and, that, and that stuff creeps up in the noggin uh, when it comes time to head-to-head matchups. So... Yeah, the Chris Paul thing, look, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it, but a little overrated in my book. I don't see Chris Paul ever being the guy who leads the team to a championship, but that's just me. Do you want to know what Chris Paul and Steph Curry's head-to-head record is in the playoffs? In the playoffs? Well, yeah, I would like to know that, yes. It's going, to, it's going to be close. It is going to be close because Chris Paul beat him in 2014 in seven games, and then when when uh, and then when and then Steph beat him, I think that was also in seven games, so it might actually be 500. It is exactly. Is it? Is, yeah, it, is it even? Yeah, it's nine and nine in 18 games. Yeah, but but again, when it met, the, the last time Chris Paul beat him was in 2014. Yeah. And that was eight years ago. That was eight years ago. That was before the dynasty started. And so, yeah, good stuff, man. These are great questions. These are phenomenal questions. That's Bravo. It. The qu- questions are done, Cyrus. We're done with the show. <laughs> so that is it. Thank you for coming on and chatting Golden State Warriors with Dude, me. Thank you, man. Tell us what fun. you uh, tell us what you got going on over at the uh, Locked On Warriors podcast at the moment. Uh, we just had Kristen Peak on, who is one of the most brilliant basketball minds. She uh, she covers prospects primarily for Yahoo Sports and Rivals, and um, just covers high schoolers, college players, you know, G League players. And um, so I had her on to kind of break down, uh, you know, the, the Warriors' recent draft picks, such as Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, and all, and the picks from last year as well, Kaminga and Moody, and then and then Wiseman a year before that, because. She's always right. When it comes to the draft, she's always right. And I love having Ron to, to for her to give us her insights. Uh, like, for example, with the draft, like she was she was telling me in the audience three years ago that the Warriors should have drafted uh, LaMelo Ball instead of James Wiseman. And, and she was clearly prescient there. Um, so that was a show we just recorded. And then otherwise, we're going to break down the schedule coming up. Um, we always get great guests. You can follow the program on Twitter at uh, Locked on Dubs. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. Josh, such a pleasure, man. You have continued my streak of of Aussies that I just cannot dislike, man. You, you guys, you folks are lovable. I've traveled the world, and every time I see an Aussie, I'm like relieved. I'm like, yes, I found my people. And then I ended up hanging out with you guys So and, and, and ladies. So, um, yeah, nice meeting you, man. You too. And everyone, go check out Locked On Warriors, all the stuff that Cyrus has got going on over there. Cyrus, thanks again for coming on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. And that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast. I'm, where is it? Oh, I just completely lost my mind. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up. You drop your comments down below. I hope there's been some movements in some rankings so I can do Market Watch Monday tomorrow. But we'll see. We'll see what's coming. There's definitely stuff coming. There's more team previews coming next week as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.